0: A gala. I'll be your moderator. I'm also president of the Calaveras County Taxpayer Association. And we're concerned about your taxes. And this uh, this show, we have a very interesting guest, Gabriel Elliott. He was, Gabriel is our planning director. And Gabriel, welcome.
1: Thank you, Al. How are you?
0: <laughs> Another happy day in paradise. Uh, uh, Gabriel, how did you get, invo- get involved with this uh, planning business?
1: Well, actually, uh, th- uh, thank you, all, and, and thanks for uh, the viewers at home. So, uh, I actually, I got into the business from when I went to college. I have a master's degree in urban planning, and this is a profession that I chose to be in. And I've been a practicing planner now for uh, close to about 30 years. So, this is a profession that I really like, and, and I think it is also uh, rewarding and challenging in many ways.
0: Well, I watch you in action, and you're very good. <laughs> Uh, but uh, and I understand that uh, zoning. One of the things we're going to talk about is zoning update. And I understand that this whole, this whole planning thing is based on uh, on a, a law called CEQA. Is that correct?
1: Well, CEQA is part of the planning process. CEQA stands for the California Environmental Quality Act. And so, what CEQA does is uh, it states that. Whenever the government, the agency, or either local or private agency, takes an action, those actions have to be weighed against its impact on the environment. Okay. So, CEQA gives us those guidelines. But the two principles that govern zoning uh, in the county would be the county's general plan and then the county's zoning ordinance. Under the county's general plan, there are several elements. The land use element is one of those elements of the general plan. The housing element is another element of the general plan. So our zoning ordinance comes under the land use element, and all these elements kind of tie together to form the general plan.
0: So, and all of this is under the U.S. Constitution? Absolutely, yes. And So the Constitution uh, seems to uh, be concerned with individual rights. Yes. And so... It's kind of like a balancing act. You have to protect the property rights of the of the owner, but at the same time, have uh, have a logical procession of the different uses so that it, that uh, it all makes sense. Right. Well, that, how do you keep your sanity?
1: Well, well, the thing is, so so we, we, we have we have rules and regulations that protect uh, owners of properties. But we also have rules and regulations that protect the community in general. Right. And so when you think about the community, you want to think things so, like what are those things in our community that everybody partakes, partakes in, everybody enjoys. Parks and open space is one of them. Uh when you go to a uh a community pool or a park, those are things that benefit the community. And then you have private property rights, which are regulated by Specific zoning standards, such as uh, the minimum size of your property, uh, the size of the house on the property, setbacks from adjacent property, and also protecting the the peaceful enjoyment of your property against adjacent neighbors.
0: Well, like the noise ordinance would noise be ordinance an would example be where right. you protect the property rights of the neighbors. Right. I see. Uh, so. Now, on the zoning update, which we're involved in now, uh, what, what are we looking forward to?
1: Well, so the zoning update is basically uh, trying to clean up some of the things that we did in 2019 when we updated the general plan. So this zoning update is looking at those activities that, we, uh, that, we, uh, that took place in 2019 and trying to reconcile them. It's also going to be a tool whereby we actually clean up the zoning ordinance from things that we find to be inconsistent. So when we're, all, when we're done with the process, I think we're going to come up with an ordinance that looks more user-friendly. Uh, and by that, I mean it's uh, user-friendly to the planners and also user-friendly to members of the community. It would be an ordinance that is better understandable than what we currently have and it removes a lot of ambiguities. So those are the kind of things that you'll be looking for when we complete the zoning ordinance update.
0: Well, that's, uh that's like quite a job. It, it seems like uh, uh, having like a one-stop shop where you go to county government and uh, you have everything that has to do with what you want to create right at your fingertips there would be the best solution
1: yeah i mean that 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 is the ultimate goal and i think in terms of that i think what you're describing is what is called the permit center whereby you know when you go in you can actually get all the questions you have about what can i do with my property how can i pull a permit on the one umbrella uh, right now the way our campus is we're the departments are actually spread out a little bit, yeah. so you might have to visit one department and then go across the road into another department and go across right. the road to another department. Ultimately, I, I, I think the goal of the county is to have one building whereby all these agencies and and and, and planners and engineers and building people actually uh, uh, work, so that <coughs> you go in once and you can just kind of move from one counter to the other.
0: Would you... Would, they, uh, would we need a new building for that?
1: We would need a new building, or we need to reconfigure some of the existing buildings that you have. If you've been to the county uh, uh, many, many times through the offices, uh, one of the challenges is that they're actually small. So yeah. it, would, it would take a significant renovation to do what I just described, and the easiest way would be to just have a new structure built, but there are major financial constraints at this time.
0: I wonder uh if the Department of Public Works uh, has this on their schedule <laughs> maybe not <laughs> maybe not yeah yeah uh, now one of the uh, so on the zoning update, we'll be uh, looking forward to uh, maybe a, a permit center where you could have a one-stop shop and where somebody can go into the building and find out, I guess, basic things about all the other departments he has to go to.
1: Well, well, the the zoning update is not going to go that far. So what the zoning update actually does is, again, it cleans up the existing ordinance, it takes away some of the uh, conflicting information, it makes it more user-friendly, and that would be step one the the permit center issue is something totally outside of the zoning ordinance update and that's something that the County Administrator and the County Board of Supervisors have to really sit down and say this is what we need to do and this is how we're going to do it so right. the zoning update is just uh, a document that that kind of makes things work a little bit better for, for members of the community
0: okay so it may be um, it may not be the Planning Department that needs to put together this uh, one-stop shop idea.
1: It would be a combination of departments. It yeah. would be a combination of the planning department, the building department, the public works department, and the emergency management agency. So yeah. all the all the departments within the county that have to do with land use or issuance of permits would come under this uh, this one-stop shopping center right, for lack of a better yeah. word.
0: All right. <clears throat> now, another, another thing that you're busy with, and I was able to see you in action, a mm. Copper Community Plan. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's coming along pretty good, It's it? coming
1: along pretty good. Uh, we had a first meeting uh, back in May, uh, and uh, we were able to receive uh, comments on a proposed draft, Copperopolis Community Plan. The second uh, Copperopolis Community Plan is going to take place on July 27th at 6 p.m. at the Armory uh, in in Copperopolis. And we've put out some information uh, regarding the date and the time. And um, we're currently going through some of the um, comments received from the first draft of the Copperopolis Community Plan. So the goal is for us to adopt a plan uh, for for Copperopolis uh, for the community of Copperopolis, uh, which is similar or consistent with some of the other uh, community plans that have been approved and adopted as part of the county's general plan, so this particular process is actually fulfilling one of those general plan directives to have a community plan for all the different communities within the county.
0: Um, how many community plans are there?
1: Well, uh, I think right now there're probably about 8 or 9 so uh, more more than
0: the districts what, uh,
1: yeah and they're all kind of across districts uh so inc- we have one for Copperopolis Murphy's Arnold Mukolomy Hill and some of the other areas of of the county that are, uh, already have community plans uh that are in the general plan at this time
0: okay so how many uh community plans are yet to be done. Uh,
1: The only one remaining uh, that we're actually working on right now is the Copperopolis one. Okay. All these other plans are already in the general plan.
0: Now, if the Copperopolis uh, community plan uh, turns out to be very good, Mm -hmm. but uh, maybe better than the other ones, Mm -hmm. the other ones at some point can modify their plans to, yeah. to take advantage of that,
1: Right. Well, I mean, one thing I need to emphasize is that a community plan uh, it does not replace the county zoning ordinance.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right.
1: Right. Uh, yeah. So we still have a county zoning ordinance. And I think uh, a while back, uh, maybe that might have been the drive was to have a community plan that is zoning specific. Which means a community plan dictates not only the land use but also development standards for that for that particular community. Right. and I think we went away from that and and so what we got approved and adopted into the general plan were not community plans that were zoning intensive. they were community plans that identified. Uh, goals and objectives for a community, uh, you know, a history of the community, right. uh, uh, things of that nature. So they would not replace uh, the county zoning ordinance, but at least it affords members of that community an opportunity to identify uh, issues and, and things that they would like to see within their community. And I've gotten a myriad of, of, of suggestions and recommendations Uh, In the case of Copperopolis, we want to preserve the existing history of the community because it's a mining community originally. But at the same time, we want to incorporate a new development that doesn't change the character of of the environment or change the character of that community in general. People have asked, why don't we have recreational opportunities in Copperopolis? Uh, And so looking down the line, these are some of the things that we, as a county, would have to do when we actually get uh, our master plan of parks in place. So we need a parks master plan that would help us identify where some of these recreational opportunities are. And then we have to look for funding to actually develop them. Uh, I get uh, comments such as, uh, we need a place for senior citizens to go,
0: right.
1: a, a senior center. Uh, we need a place for our kids to go and play, uh, recreational opportunities. We need to uh, attract industry into our community. So you have a balance between things that would promote economic development right. and things that would promote just social well-being. Uh, so these are some of the things that we're going to be looking at in the Kappa Community Plan.
0: Uh, would part of this process be to uh, assign different zoning for different parcels? Oh
1: no, no. no. Again, uh, you know, the, the community plan does not do that because it's a plan for the entire community, and not for us to. Uh, look specifically at, at areas of that community and say you can only do so much. The, the county's zoning ordinance and general plan has already identified where the residential, the commercial, right. the, the industrial and, and so on and so forth land uses should be.
0: Right.
1: So what the community plan actually does do though is enhance what is already in our zoning ordinance and our general plan. And each goal and objective of the community plan is derived from the goals and policies of the general plan.
0: Oh, I see. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another item uh, (coughs) for discussion is the Oak Woodlands Ordinance. Yeah. yes.
1: So one of the tasks that I was given when when I took this job was to uh, make sure that we pass a oak woodlands ordinance and some people may not know that the county has a hardwood advisory committee that looks into things dealing with hardwood in the community and oak woodlands falls under that umbrella so I have have been working with the hardwood advisory committee for several months now trying to bring about a an ordinance that would satisfy the needs and requirements of the community while preserving to the extent possible the beautiful oak trees that we have in the county so that is the goal of the Oak Woodlands Ordinance. Um,
0: so the purpose of the uh, ordinance would be <clears throat> to control the existing oak trees but not require planting new ones? Or
1: well. well <laughs> it's a good thing you asked, you asked, uh, asked that question. The, the the main purpose of the Oak Woodlands Ordinance is to preserve not only the Oak Woodlands, but also to, to preserve the habitat that that derive their existence from, from the Oak Woodlands. So, you know, uh, uh, birds and, and, and things of that nature that live in, in those trees. So what the Oak Woodlands Ordinance actually focuses on is on... Discretionary developments that require approval by a planning commission. So it does not affect the ability of a private homeowner to 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 maintain or manage oak trees within their property. So the oak Wood, uh, the oak woodlands ordinance would come into effect if somebody wanted to build. A development in our community and they chose uh, a property that has oak woodlands existing on them so what the ordinance does is identify that if you do remove oak woodlands you have to replace them somewhere else either by uh, putting uh, buying conservation land somewhere where we can actually plant our oak woodlands or uh, you pay an in-lieu fee that would be uh, based on appraisal done by professionals in that industry and then the, the ordinance would have a ratio of, you know, if you took out uh, you know five acres of oak woodlands and based on the number of trees within, those, within the woodlands, you would replace them with a particular uh, ratio based on the number of trees that are removed. So that's how the, that's how the methodology of the Oak Woodlands Ordinance is going to work, and so the next step is for the Hardwood uh, Advisory Committee to recommend a final draft of the Oak Woodlands Ordinance to the Planning Commission, and then we'll have a public hearing on it. And then once the Planning Commission uh, deliberates on that with public input, of course, because everything we do in you know uh, in the county has to include. public participation and then they would make a recommendation to uh, the Board of Supervisors and then we have another public hearing and then we have another public input and then we would have an ordinance that has included comments from members of the community the Hardwood Advisory Committee, uh, the Planning Commission and the Board of Supervisors and then the ordinance kind of goes into effect.
0: So there, um, if there's going to be woodlands removed, say if they're going to build an apartment house, mm-hmm. and, there's, and there's no place on the property mm-hmm. for that, I'm wondering what sort of cost is the property owner going to going to have. We, we know he's going to have cost to remove the trees, mm-hmm. but we don't know what the cost would be for replanting or or what kind of uh, money he has to pay. Yeah,
1: mitigation, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we, we wouldn't know that until we actually see the condition of the oak woodlands that are, being, that are going to be yeah. displaced. And then we have to uh, use the, the help of experts in the industry, uh, uh, you know, somebody who is a certified forester or, or somebody who has a degree in biology or, or things of that nature to, to uh, ha- uh, have an assessment of the existing environment whereby these, these trees would be removed. And then they will provide us with uh, uh, you know, an estimate of what is actually, it's going to cost to do a replacement based on the ratio identified in the, uh, in the Oak Woodlands ordinance. And then that could become, well, I can uh, you know, purchase uh, land within a conservancy, I can pay in lieu fee based on an appraisal done uh, for, for, for that site. So, But if you decide not to touch any of the oak woodlands on the property, then you're not really mitigating anything because you haven't really affected the existing uh, uh, oak woodlands on the property. Now, something else you might be interested in, uh, I think, is one of the other ordinances that would be coming up very soon is the telecommunications ordinance uh, and what the telecommunications ordinance would do is give the county uh, some guidance in how we regulate cell towers and and, and and things of that nature right now the FCC we have a we have a federal uh, rule uh, that regulates the placement and 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 how uh, cell sites are, are, um, are, um, are identified uh, within within a within a community, but each community is also required to adopt its own special ordinances oh, really? that are, yeah, that address that issue. So we'll be able to, to regulate things like height, location, uh, a type and a number of equipment, whether or not we want any kind of screening, but we cannot do anything as a government agency that would affect. Uh, radio frequency radiation when it comes to the cell towers.
0: It would seem like the cell towers are already there.
1: Yeah, most of them are here. We, we have, we've co- approved quite a few of them and and there are some more that might be coming down the line. And But uh, as it stands at this particular time, we, we are working on an ordinance that would uh, help us to, uh, to go through the process a little bit easier.
0: Huh. It seems like uh, well, one of the things that's concerned <clears throat> with uh, the public and the taxpayers is the cost of housing. Oh, yes. The, uh, the more uh, regulations and requirements that are put onto the builder, the higher the, the uh, price of the building is going to be. And if it's going to be rented, the higher the rents have to be right. to to make sense for return on investments. Yeah, and also, when the uh, when the costs are high, uh, it becomes unaffordable for a lot of people, and they uh, they have to go to someplace else to live, right. even though they might work in our county.
1: Right.
0: And so it's kind of a struggle to.
1: <laughs> it, it is a struggle. Well, I mean, housing is a struggle all across the state, and, and housing prices in our county is rising by the day. And I would tell you that we still have some of the cheapest housing in our community, but then we also have some housing that are quite expensive. Yeah. What we don't really have is housing for the workforce population, right. people who, who, who actually work for a living. Uh, that do not have the you know the million dollars to buy a property in Copperopolis or Murphy's or Arnold. Uh, we we don't have those kinds of housing units in our in our in our county. We don't have multi uh, development uh, multi housing development in our county. Uh, so it is a challenge. It is a challenge, and 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 because housing is such, housing is. Um, is regulated more by the private sector and not the public sector we make the rules and regulations but we don't build housing no in this county so private development builds housing so what we I think what we need to do to solve some of our housing problems is to have a public private partnership whereby we recognize the need for housing and they recognize the needs to build housing and but there's one thing that neither side can control, which is the cost of construction. And when I talk to people across the board, uh, what they've told me is it costs too much to build. So and if it costs so much to build, they're not able to sell those homes to people that fall within a particular income bracket. So that 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 creates a problem. And if it's, if it's housing units like, that, let's say, multifamily apartment housing development, the rent has to be commensurate with the amount of money that goes into constructing them. And we, it just so happens that in our county, we do not require too many kinds of uh, enhancements to a, to, a, to a development. You know, we don't yeah. ask for additional landscape. Do we have
0: enough mobile home parks?
1: We have we have enough. Okay. We, we have enough mobile that home. That seems parking. to be the
0: inexpensive housing.
1: It's, it seems to be the inexpensive housing, but again, if you you know you're looking at housing that is around the two to three hundred thousand dollar range for for some mobile home units in this county. I've seen them from about late hundreds to about mid to early two hundreds for for even mobile home structures. And, and uh, because they are being designed not to look like your typical right. mobile home parks and called you, manufi- they're manufactured, called manufactured homes. homes. Yeah, manufactured, manufactured, manufactured homes. homes. Yeah. And they offer the same amenities. They're just smaller. Uh, and um, yeah.
0: Well, you, you've been very informative, Gabriel. Thank you for being our guest.
1: Thank you, Mrs. Segala. Thank you guys. for Thank watching
0: you. Taxpayer Alert. We'll see you next time.